2: All right, back here on Burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson with you here on the uh, Team 980 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Did you know the Falcons? Michael, did you know this? Because I, 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 I must have misremembered. Uh, have won the last four games against the Commanders in FedEx Field?
3: No, I didn't. That's surprising.
2: No kidding. And they've won seven of the last nine overall. Against the Commanders. Now, I remember losing games down there, but I don't remember them coming up here winning. Wow. Man, do you have the I, scores of those games? I blocked it out of my memory. I do not. Now it's got me curious to go back and see. But, now I just saw this on my uh, research stuff for this week that I got. And I was like, what? What? That's crazy. Uh, I really don't remember losing this, that many games to the Falcons here.
4: Okay, I, I got them. Uh, last got time them. we yep. played
3: them, we lost by four. It was a shootout, 34-30. to 30, Uh-huh. And then they beat us pretty bad in 2018, 38-14. Uh, we won in 15, and then we lost by one in 13. Huh.
2: Interesting. So, okay, a couple things jump out there. So, you just mentioned the fact that um, Falcons won in 13 here, right? You said thirteen? Yep, right? thirteen.
3: All three three of the four were one possession games.
2: Yeah, twenty seven to twenty six is the game you're talking about, right?
3: Yep, that was in two thousand thirteen. Okay.
2: That was the uh my that was a Mike Shanahan team that lost. Mike Shanahan's team also lost in twenty twelve, is that correct, or we won that game? The Commanders or the Washington Redskins, actually. Twenty
3: twelve we lost by seven.
2: Okay. Again, I mean in the and so three of these are in Shanahan's resume. Or two of these. Two, yeah, two of them. A, two of them are, are Shanahan's. And- Amazing. Amazing. And to and listen to some of these people walk around and act like it was freaking Camelot. Um, <laughs> it still just blows me away. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and they also beat the playoff team, the Commanders, or Washington Redskins playoff team in 2019 in October. Um, it was a 25-19 game. I don't remember that. I do remember the one at Atlanta where they got – no, this was here. That was in twenty eighteen. That was uh oh that was though with like the headless quarterbacks, right? This was after was this after no 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 Alex Smith was the quarterback. They got their ass kicked by this is prior to his injury. Okay, I do vaguely remember this game. The fi- that knocked the commanders down to five and three, or the Redskins to five and three. It's really bad that I'm doing
3: now, that. Now all time though, we're sixteen and ten yeah. and one against them. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. I see that. But it's just uh Wow, I, I don't remember the fa- like I was saying to Fred the other day. I was like because he hates the, you know, he hates him because of his ex wife. But I'm like, I don't even, I have no like real like just so neutral and not even have any real strong feelings about them outside of the year, you know, when they were in the playoffs against the, the Washington Redskins with with you know the Dion team with Jerry Glanville just because Jerry Glanville was such a dummy. Uh, I remember that team being like, oh, it's going to be great to smash these guys again. But, yeah, I don't – I don't know. Never really cared about it. I mean, they beat them 56-17 in the regular season that year, and they kept blitzing and ripping, and he just kept throwing it up. I mean, it was a joke how many bombs that team connected in that game. And then in the playoff game, it was just so rainy and messy that it just grounded them to death. That was the seat cushion game. So – but I've never really had any real, like – there's always a team you can think, yeah, I hated this team because of dot, dot, dot for the stretch of time, but – Again, outside of '91, had real just a very generic feelings about the Falcons. Anyway, wow, shocking! Anybody could beat Shanahan's teams here, but they did. Amazing, amazing, absolutely amazing. All right, well, that did, I'm surprised they've won four in a row here. But now I do remember that terrible game against the against the Falcons in that uh, 2018 season, that 38-14 game when. Uh, when you know, that was a that was an offense too. That was a team, you know, that that particular team was a team that was very much a formula team with the defense. You know. That that was a team that was a formula team. You know, they, they had to rely heavily on the defense, they had to run you know, they had to run it, they had to play you know, play smart. They weren't a big play team. You know, Alex didn't get in trouble, you know, he kept you out of trouble, kept you out of danger. And people hated that team. And then he got hurt, and they really hated the team. People used to bitch and moan about that offense. And it was frustrating. But they were also literally – like, it was a brand-new offense for him. For him and Garud Morgan the first time together, completely different than Andy Reid's stuff. I mean, who knows where it could have gone. I'm not saying it would have been sensational. But, again, the lack of – you know, the fact that the guy protected the football was fairly important. It was kind of overlooked at times. Kind of – underappreciated, shall we say, about him. So, see if the Commanders can continue to play with the formula they have now with the Falcons this weekend. Now, interesting couple interesting notes about Atlanta this year. They, shockingly, at least it's shocking to me, maybe not to you, they are actually 11th in scoring in the NFL right now. Does that surprise you? I mean, for a team that's below 500, they are 11th in scoring. They're averaging 23.5 points a game. Now, we st- discussed this yesterday with this commander's team. They're under 20 a game, I mean, they're 19 and they're 19.5, which is not good. It's an improvement of where they were when they were, like, a few weeks back. They were at 17 points a game. So, they have been ticking up in the right direction, still not good enough. But the Falcons also are one of the worst defensive teams in the league in terms of giving up points. They're giving up 24, almost 25 points, just under 25 points a game at twenty-five point twenty-four point nine. But I was surprised to see they're they're scoring that many points. They're a terrific running team, top 10 in running, third in the NFL right now, averaging almost 160 yards a game, but they're a bottom 10 passing team. And they are just one of two teams, the Bears the other, that average more yards rushing per game than passing. And it's shocking, though, that they're outside of the top 10 in terms of scoring, just outside of the top 10 in scorings. But they've not but one time this season had a win streak. They have not had back-to-back wins since wins 3 and weeks 3 and 4, which I guess, you know, is a good sign for the Commanders potentially cuz that means, you know, this would be their week to lose cuz they won last week against the Chicago Bears, if you, if you buy into all that kind of stuff. But again, I was completely unaware of the fact that they had a uh, win streak here at FedEx Field. Here's some good here's a bit of a, you know, interesting part of this game too with this – Kyle Pitts' injury that's certainly one less target on already kind of in a passing game maybe makes it a little bit easier just to bear down on Marcus Mariota. You know, Drake London, who a lot of uh, fans and draft Knicks had connected to this Commander's team, obviously was gone well before they got up to draft. He's had a pretty decent year. I mean, all things considered, considered Mariota. And this passing offense hasn't blown it up. I mean, he's been okay. He's 39 catches, a 409 yards, four TDs. He had one last week. But it's not um, – it hasn't been like the – he hasn't had the Chris Olave year, for example, or the Jahan Dotson year before he got injured to start the season with touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. He hasn't been quite there, but, but not terrible by any means. But they they are a – you're certainly I always feel a little uneasy when you play these running play running quarterbacks because the defense yes they've had some good ones some good performances against running quarterbacks they've limited some guys so they also have had some really horrific ones but I'd say there's been more good than bad this season you know when you look at hurts you know you look at uh, the way they put against fields although they put up some chunk plays on on the commanders they obviously couldn't cap it off in the end zone you'd always feel better about you know playing a, playing a statue like playing a guy you knew where he's going to be it's a lot easier certainly but the run defense has been much better over these last few weeks and last week was a really good effort from them in terms of the run defense against the Texans you know but as again the game went on they kind of had to get away from it because they were down multiple scores I, I think this is a this is gonna be in the other part of this game that could be You know, could be a factor as the weather. I guess it's going to be miserable, potentially. It's wet and rainy and soggy. You would think it would be advantage Washington outdoor team versus an indoor dome team, but, you know, we'll see uh, how that works. I mean, you you would hope so. The ball security, job security, all that good stuff. And to this point, they've, you know, they've been better about that. I mean, Gibson, you know, for all the fumbling concerns going into the season has been really good protecting the ball. Robinson obviously has been rock solid on that, but you know those are the things that worry you. And if the conditions are you know crappy on Sunday, as predicted, hopefully the weather people are wrong. I know that hardly ever happens, but hopefully hopefully they're wrong on this one because they put it out pretty early. And usually when they go early, you know it doesn't always work out. All right, let's get to um, a little bit on Ron Rivera and what he thought about Chase Young. when We get back. Also get back to some calls at 301-230-0980 on the biggest factor in the commander's turnaround. We'll get to that. And Dan Matthews from 6A to the fan in Atlanta at 145. He'll break down the Falcons and what they're saying in Atlanta about this team. And do they buy into them being a, a true playoff threat at just a game above 500? And that, and by the way, they're still in, in a race in their own division. Don't forget they're in the wacky AFC, NFC South at this season has been um, the new NFC East, if you will, from a couple seasons ago, where teams below 500 or at 500 are more than likely to win uh, the division. Although I do think the Buccaneers will eventually separate, but I've been saying that for a few weeks and looked really stupid. So we'll get to all that coming up next. It is uh, Burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson with you here. Team 98 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Back here at Burgundy Gold today, Scott Jackson with you here on the Team 98 Streaming Live on the free Odyssey app. We will uh, check in on the Falcons, get a little preview of what they've got to bring to FedEx on Sunday when Dan Matthews joins us. 680 The Fan in Atlanta coming up at 145 uh, here on the program. Uh, calls before that also want to dive into uh, what Ron Rivera to say about Chase Young yesterday. Well, phone lines open at Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. All right, in this time of year to be thankful, uh this team was one and four. One in four not that many days ago. And now six and five have flipped it around. What do you see as being the biggest factor for that? Who do you think deserves the most credit for that change, that turnaround, the fact that the season is oxygen and it's not over. Uh, your thoughts on that at three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. You can also uh, tweet me up at Jackson Sports if you like, uh, as well. We laid out some of ours earlier. Certainly, you know the defense is real high on the list. Taylor Heineke is really high on the list. Uh, the return of of uh, Brian Robinson and the health of Brian Robinson to allow them to use the rotation of backs they're using. I think it's been helpful. Gibson's been terrific. Um, obviously been protecting the football, more impactful. You, you know, last week he out-snapped he out Robinson but at a 2-1 to rate. You know, they just play the hot hand, right? Like, you do it doesn't matter who starts. It's like it's about who finishes. So I kind of like how they've handled that. It's not like they're stuck on you have to have it this way or the other. Uh, it's just whatever's working, stick with it um, and go with that. Um, certainly Terry McLaurin being more involved, and that, that goes back to Taylor. Certainly the fact that they're not taking sacks all the time, staying on the field, their downs been better, although it was crappy this week, but overall it's been better. I mean, all those things, I think, have added up, but certainly the defense has been what we thought they could have been last year. I mean, last year there was a lot of hope and a lot of hype around the defense, and it didn't pan out. But this year, you know, after a little bit of a rocky start, have uh, turned this thing around pretty significantly over these last several weeks in particular, but overall... I think if you really deep dive into some of the games that you're like, oh, the defense did this, they did that. Yeah, but the offense also put them in a lot of bad spots. I mean, it really did. Even, even starting with week one with the short fields Jacksonville was able to score on. All right, so 3-0-1, 2-3-0, 0 8 But I want to get to while we wait for our callers to the lineup, let's get to the information we got yesterday about Chase Young. I know a lot of people have been panicky about this. I'm going to, again, re- set some of the stuff, the timeline on on chase young and his injury and his surgery. There's a difference uh, here in a second, but I want to hear from first what Ron Rivera said yesterday when he made the announcement that chase young will be on his way back.
3: All right. Well, cool. Well, I want to go ahead and announce to you guys that, um, we are going to activate, uh, um, chase and, and we will work him and, and, and with the intent of, if he's ready to play, he'll play. And if he's not, he'll wait another week. But, uh, he had, um, he's uh, he's ready to go as far as being activated. So he will be on the 53 today. I love the science. That means you guys are all tweeting real fast.
2: All right, so that was uh, Rob Rivera on the announcement yesterday. And, again, you heard him say there he's going to be activated, but he doesn't necessarily going to be active on Sunday. So, again, we were discussing this just a little while ago about the fuel conditions could be really crappy, right? I mean, it could be slippery, slidey. I know, I know. I know what you're thinking. Yes, but FedEx, the field itself. All right, again, listen to me carefully. That's why people tweet at me talking about, you know, plumbing and all this other stuff but in railings. The field itself has gotten a lot better, right? Like the playing conditions have been a ton better. Gotten a lot better. field's in much better condition. Maybe it's because there's less events there. I don't know. Maybe it's getting less, less run. Uh, you know, who knows? But it's been better. It's definitely uh, been a lot better and it's been noticeable when you're out there, but anyway, so that is something to keep in mind, but so he's going to be activated, but does not have to be on the active roster on Sunday. He could be among the inactives if they don't feel like he's ready to go. So here was more on Ron Rivera on, you know, Chase Young finding more confidence in Chase Young's knee.
3: Yeah. You start to see it, you know, and and, and especially when he's not thinking about it, you know what I'm saying? But You know, and and I watch him very closely, and every now and then I'll see him kind of like, uh, just kind of check to make sure it's fine. And, you know, so again, we just – we want to make sure and and because we don't want – you know, last thing we want is for him to get back out there and get hurt again.
2: So he had the surgery. Again, he had the surgery. The injury happened a few weeks before, but they had to let the swelling down before the actual surgery took place. He had the surgery, I want to say, on the 27th of November, 2021. So if he plays on Sunday, if he plays on Sunday, he doesn't have to, you're talking about a year's return, right, from surgery. I think it might even be ex- to the date. Anyway, that's normal, right? And for, again, it's not just an ACL. It was an ACL. They had to take his ligament, his other ligament out of his good knee uh, for it as well. His PCL. So there's a lot of things that have uh, you know happened here. Um, so there's there's been you know it's going to be about a year. Maybe a little bit longer by the time he gets back on the field, and that's fine. I mean, it, again, not everybody's Adrian Peterson. I <laughs> mean, you know, and and not all of these injuries the same. I mean, again, it was an, it was basically two procedures for the price of one. So, you know, and you know, how do you reincorporate him? It's, it's going to be interesting. You know, you're going to pick your spots. Obviously, he's not going to start and play. You know, 40 snaps. You know, maybe it's a. I think Ryan put the number at 12 to 15 ish yesterday. I think it's about right. I mean, in a, you know, where are the other injuries? Who else is available? You know, how many snaps does your defense have? It certainly has a lot to do with how many. Is it just a third down situation in the beginning for him that you're picking his spots with pass rushing situations? So all those things would be interesting. How they do it. I don't. I don't get this feeling like some of some of the fans have mentioned this that hell, oh, oh my God, you know, he's going to ruin the chemistry of the defense. He's not going to first of all, he's not going to feel that much for that to happen right away. And it, you know. I think if the guys, you know, and I think he's a smart guy, he's been paying attention to how they're playing, he understands what they have to do to be successful as a defensive group. But I I do think more talent is always better. That's just me. This is an old rule, just having more talent, more available talent is always better. And it can help out a lot of guys' uh, lives to have him out on the field because he will be somebody, you know, teams are accounting for, if you will. But, yeah, I don't know. I'll be curious to see how the field conditions potentially – you know, deal with their mindset. And then keep in mind, the following week is the Giants game. And that's stadium's turf. And we'll talk more about this in the 2 o'clock hour when Dave Rothenberg from New York joins us, ESPN New York. That's not good. They just got ripped by the NFLPA not too long ago for the field conditions. And they just lost another player, a wide receiver, to uh, an injury on that field this past weekend to the Giants. So that is not maybe an ideal spot for Chase's first game either. So those are all things to keep in mind, and the people who get paid pay the big bucks get to make those decisions. All right, three zero one two three zero zero nine. I got loaded lines. Let's get to some of these calls here on what has been the biggest factor in the Commanders going from a one and four to a six and five. Let's uh, let's start with Roberto in DC. What's happening, Roberto?
5: Hey, call. How you doing, Scotty? Are you good?
2: Yeah, man. What's up?
5: Everything's good. What what we're seeing here, what we're witnessing, is a team gelling together. At the same time, they are uh, the defenses. They finally playing complementary football. It doesn't matter if the offense doesn't score, you know, a touchdown or, or anything like that. As long as you don't keep putting the sure. defense in bad spots. <laughs> it's it's good, and for me, one one common denominator is it is chemistry, period. The team is playing with better chemistry right now. Maybe a uh, addition by attraction, attraction mm-hmm. you know, because you know some of the the so called independent contractors are not playing no more, or they uh, <laughs> they start working with the, you know with the program, and
2: I mean. You D D-line coach, maybe a little something to that, too. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe the, that You know what I'm saying? saying yeah, they made changes. And, yeah. and, and the, Dollar Bill Jackson. the results. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah,
5: you know. That's basically it. Chemistry. That's, that's basically it.
2: Chemistry, man, always important. Hey, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Let's get to Waldorf. James, how you doing?
6: Hey, hey, what's going on, boss man? You are. Yeah, man, I agree with the other caller that that was just on the line. Chemistry is definitely definitely plays a part. Guys are being accountable, held accountable. You got rid of, uh, you know, big money WJ3 or whatever have you. And uh, sorry about that. I got my freaking yeah, I got face you. done by a disappointment. But anyway, um, but, you know, the one thing when he talks about uh, complimentary football, that was okay for these past two games. But let's face it. You know, everybody knows that we run on first down, right? Mm -hmm. Defense knows we run on first down. So if everybody knows that you're running on first down, the one thing that I think that Scott can do to to help himself is to run the ball like it's supposed to be run. You can't run a spread offense shotgun style and expect three or four yards. If everybody knows you're going to run, run. Run it like it's supposed to be. Hell, put a a tight end back there. Put a pullback back back there. You're running the ball. You know? So, that's the only thing that I, you know, that's my only concern is that Scott just needs to stop being cute on first down if he's going to run the ball because everybody else knows he's going to do it.
2: Or you should throw it. (laughs) Or you throw it, yeah. (laughs) Or you should run a read option. Yeah, well, you know, I I, I, I got got mixed emotions about it because I'm not sure – I'm still not sure the offensive line is where they need to be in terms of just blowing people off the ball to, to get it in tight. You know what I mean? I actually think sometimes they run better out of the spread with 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 some of the motion and some of the pre snap stuff has actually helped them uh, in some cases. I mean I, I gotta be you honest know, I mean, you gotta go back it, and chart it, it better, all, but they had some good runs. They had some good runs last yeah, week on first down though.
6: But I mean it's better it's better than, than running on first down and spread and losing two yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just go ahead and do it the right way and lose one yard. I'd, I'd rather see that. I'm actually and, just scanning some of the stuff from Sunday,
2: said. and they actually ran the ball after the first couple series pretty effectively on first down, actually.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. To start driving. I, I, yeah, you know? I, I actually think we do have maulers. We're just never put in a position to do it. Well, they can't pull. I, really I mean, I don't to think to the do. guards – Doc has been talking to me about this for weeks on the show, and I think he's right. They don't move well. That's why the screen game terrible. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they got to be more in a phone booth, if you will, uh, with them. And I and I do think that the action with 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 Samuel in particular has you know helped them. You know, and 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 Taylor and Taylor the threat of Taylor running out of the gun has helped them as well, even though he hasn't really been running. Uh, And I think think in part because teams have been accounting for it. To be honest with you.
6: Yeah, I think the screenplay has some tells in it. I don't know what it is, but I think yeah, they need to find it's out terrible. Those, you know, man. It
2: shouldn't be because they got guys. Yeah. You know, Gibson's great when he gets the ball after the catch. It's not him. I, I just, I don't know. I just don't think these guys move particularly well. I, I was encouraged to hear that there's discussion about Schweitzer getting back out on the field. I don't think it's going to be this week mm-hmm. or next week, but the fact that he has uh, been cleared out of the concussion thing is huge because he is he is a better guard than either one of the other two guys that we have playing right and now. And
6: they're, they're more effective with their tight end screens than they are with their running backs. Not, yeah. it, something about it. I don't know what it is.
2: But. All right. Hey, thanks we'll for see. call. Have a good weekend and have a uh, good holiday. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, as the guy said one time in January. All right, uh, If you're on hold, hang in there. We'll get to you on the other side. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come back, get some more calls before we get to the Falcons. Look ahead with Dan Matthews uh, in about 15 to 20 minutes from now. It is uh, Burgundy Gold today here on the Team Ninety streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Give me the look. Give me the look. Give me the look. Give me the look. All right, back here, Burgundy Gold today. Team 98 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. We're talking about the Commanders turnaround from one and four to six and five. Biggest factors in that in your mind? Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. You can always tweet us up at Jackson Sports as well. Uh, we'll get into the Falcons with Dan Matthews six eighty the fan coming up uh, in about fifteen minutes from now. But right now, let's get to Johnny in DC. How you doing, Johnny?
5: All right, all right.
2: How you guys doing today? We are all right.
5: Good, good, good. Victory. It's a great – we had a great time this weekend. We won. Uh, as far as myself concerned, I feel like the biggest changes right now is coaching. I feel like it took Jack Del Rio and it took uh Scott Turner this long to find out what players can do what and that they should run the ball. We have some games where we got single digits running the ball – and they're not blowout games. They're close games that we only ran the ball like eight times against the Bears. Not the Bears, but uh, what's that we ran the ball like eight times against? I'm sorry. I can't remember which one it was. But it Might have be been the
2: Lions. Uh, maybe. I don't know. i got to go back and look. Maybe.
5: But I know we got Cowboys a couple games ran a where we ran, the ball in, yeah. we ran the ball in single digits.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh I think that
5: it's, it's taking this long for them to figure out that we need to run the ball, that we need to run the ball straight ahead. Well, they also have more plays, uh, though. But you, got,
2: you also have to admit, when your offense gets more plays, there's more opportunities, too, right? I mean, that that has helped them as well. They've actually been on the field a heck of a lot more, you know, as an offensive group because they're not going three and out all the time.
5: Well, I mean, again, we had enough when We, we had, uh, what was that, the constant widths, we played the – he threw like 30, 38 times or something like that. I know we played the Bears. He didn't he didn't throw that many times. But the game before that, he threw like 38 times, and we only ran the ball like nine times. So I mean were, That was the Texans game, like that.
2: the Titans game, and I think they were one for 11 or one for 10 on third down. They barely had any plays until the last drive. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. This absolutely kills you. I mean, when you can't stay on the field, not, not saying they couldn't have run it there or here or there more, but that's been part of it, it was just the play disparity – for stretches was a problem because, again, if you're getting sacked, you're taking sacks, you're getting, you know, early in early yeah, possessions yeah, yeah. and you're so bad on third down, I mean, you're getting killed.
5: Yeah, that's to me. That's totally that's that was been that's been totally play calling. It's between Turner and Del Rio. I didn't want to. They're actually I, more Russell like Turned some of these games around. Than you
2: think, you know? Actually, looking now, I actually was surprised. I thought they had fewer than some of these games, but now, I mean, yeah. They again the number, the sheer number of opportunities has been a big part of it. Oh, by the way, they've gotten better at it uh, because. You know, Robinson, that one-two punch has helped too. I mean, I think that's oh, yeah. part of it. And and I don't think clearly – I don't think I'm breaking news here, but when they first put Trey Turner on the field in that game against the Texans – or excuse me, against the Eagles, he was not ready to play football. I mean, he was not in, in game shape, and that was, you know, that was no good for anybody. And then you remember the next week, I think it was after maybe the second series, they pulled him and put in uh, Sadiq Charles at guard in that game against the Cowboys because it was – you know, he was just getting dump trucked. That was a big problem, but anyway. All right, thanks for the call. Rick and Waldorf, what's happening?
4: How are you doing today, my friend? Good. Good. Uh, I was going to say the same thing as far as uh, Ron Rivera and the staff. Sometimes when you start off one and four, the team tanks on you. For them to keep uh, the team engaged sure. and believing, and even Phone monster got
2: him. Oh my god, the phone monster! Boo, boo! I'm trying to get Rick back. I that's tell Rick to call back, or I'm telling him to call back because I'm on the radio. Rick, call back. We apologize. Stupid phone thing. <sighs> All right, I'm trying not to be trying not to get annoyed. Try not to get annoyed. For my friends at the, down the hall who always say that we've got a better studio. Case in point, number five thousand. You're out of your mind. All right, 301 uh, I, I, I mean, worked at a lot of places. <laughs> Dealt with a lot of stuff, but this one, man, is wild, really wild. Really wild, the phone thing. Anyway, apologies, Rick. I think your point was, you know, Kudos to the coaches for keeping the team engaged. And you're right. I mean, look, even going back to 2020, they got off the horrific start. But that's year one, so sure, there should be a buy-in. I've said this over and over, and it it pisses a lot of our fans off who don't like the staff or like the coach or whatever it is, and they want a big change. I said, these guys aren't going to quit on them. They're not going to be team tank. This is not a team that was ever going to fall to the point of being the team picking first in the draft. It wasn't going to happen. And I I know – that infuriates some people but that was not the case they were not a group this is a collective roster that's not in the character of it and they they respond to this coach they always have now it's you know maybe they haven't had pieces they've had injuries they haven't been good enough or they haven't been smart enough whatever it would be but in terms of effort level i've never questioned that uh rick's back all right thank you rick go ahead before uh, they cut the phone lines on us again
4: <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, man, uh, after the Chicago game, everybody was like, oh, that was an ugly win. They gave yeah. you
2: the, the the win, this,
4: that, and third. And I said, well, you know, the whole point of the team showing up and putting forth the effort, sometimes you yep. get rewarded. Yeah. And because of that, winning is contagious. They begin picking up these wins little by little. They were ugly sometimes, sometimes it looked good. But at the end of the day, what happens is now you got a team that's starting to buy in and you're starting to see it. And and then they're getting healthier by by the week, which is, is, is scary because if they can pick up a few more wins, now you're really going to have a juggernaut on your hand as far as guys that really believe. um, I really like the direction that the, the team is going. I like the staff. And I just think that we just need not be so critical and just allow them guys to go out there and ball and play, man. If you go out there and play for 60 minutes, Anything can happen if you're not turning over the ball. I don't care what team is on the field. If you don't turn the ball over and you play good defense, you can win every game. And you can see it by their, their scores that they of uh, the games that they were in. As bad as we played against Dallas and Philly, we only lost 24-8 to 8 in one game and 25-10. to 10. As bad as we played. Yeah.
5: So it just goes to
4: show you that at the end of the day, I'm looking forward to playing the Cowboys and the, Gi- and the Giants and, and and those guys to see what we stack up at. I just believe that we got a different uh, swagger about us uh, now. But we definitely need this win against Atlanta to keep that momentum going.
2: No doubt. All right, thanks for the call. Now, you got your fair points there. I mean, I think there is um, a momentum build. There's a swagger, as you said. There are all those things. And, I, look, I, I don't – again, I think there was a buy-in. I think there always has been – uh, a buy-in here overall with the roster. And the roster's talented. I mean, you know, we can nitpick a lot of things about this, that, and the other. I mean, last year's draft class is looking better every hour. I mean, now that they're all in the field together, um, you know, they're they're looking a lot better. I mean, three of their big key defensive pieces are major contributors. And Jamin Davis, Benjamin St. Just, obviously, and Derek Forrest has been, like, found money. I mean, now I, now I understand why they didn't jump at the idea of taking Kyle Hamilton, you know. And I hopefully this guys can continue to grow and continue to develop. And that part about the injuries is important because they have been getting by with them missing some key pieces. I mean, the, this was not, um, you know, this right now we, we talk about the linebacker depth a ton throughout the year. And it's still thin, there's no doubt, but they've been able to get away with it to this point without playing with a signal caller and Cole Holcomb, and hopefully he can get back out there and they'll you know in the sooner rather than later to help solidify that thing. But yeah, I mean there's there's plenty of on that front to be optimistic about, and they have to you know these are measuring stick games, all of them, you know, as you continue, but the good thing for them is they have enough of these type of games that will or like one to two, you know, like really two game swings, these giant games in a sense that they really will be impactful on your on your overall outlook uh, in terms of the playoffs and those things. All right, we got to take a break. Dan Matthews, 680 the Fans coming up next. We'll talk Falcons with him. Um, how does this team feel? They got a few injuries of injuries of note heading into this week's game and uh, they came off a big win over the Bears. We'll get to him straight ahead. It is Burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson with you. It's the Team 980, streaming live on the Free Odyssey app. God! gonna go today back here on the Team 980, streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Scott Jackson with you, and our pleasure to hit the BetQL guest hotline and bring in Dan Matthews, 680, the fan in Atlanta, covers the Falcons. Good enough to give us some time today before Sunday's game. What's happening, Dan?
3: Oh, so far so good. About to uh, head into the Thanksgiving holiday, but uh, awesome to spend a few minutes with you today to talk some uh, football.
2: Yeah, appreciate your uh, your time. I mean, Falcons had a good win over the weekend, beating the uh, beating the Bears, but uh, kind of costly. Kyle Pitts done now here for a while. Uh, how big of a blow is that to the offense? I know the fantasy football community has been frustrated with Kyle Pitts, but uh, how how important has he been to the Falcons offense overall?
3: Well, his production has been a little down this year, and that's been a huge you know point of contention uh, in terms of you know I think that probably second. On the list of most annoying questions for Arthur Smith, uh, of course, first is how much longer is Marcus Mariota going to be your quarterback? When is Desmond Ritter going to get his chance to be the quarterback? Is, you know, getting the football to uh, Kyle Pitts, um, you know, he had the famous line early on in the season of this isn't fantasy football. You know, we've got to try to win games. we got to do all those different types of things, which, of course, us here on air in Atlanta, we were kind of like, well, then getting Kyle Pitts to football help you win games. Um, And, and, you know, that's what kind of was interesting about that comment that he made. Uh, But uh, the production obviously hasn't been what it was in his first season, or at least what's expected of him. Uh, But I will say this. I mean, when you have a roster that is really as talent deficit as this team is, losing a guy like Kyle Pitts, even if the production isn't necessarily there, it's not good, especially when you lack offensive weapons because now that puts even more added pressure on the running game, which probably has exceeded a lot of people's expectations here of what uh, Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, uh, Cordero Patterson has been able to do. Uh, but also too, it's going to put pressure on uh, Drake uh, London as well as the Lameda Cordero Hodge. I mean, those guys going to be asked to uh, step up a little bit more. Uh, Michael Pruitt uh, now, it sounds like he's going to be uh, into more of an expansive role in this offense. So you know, some teams I think can say, you know, next man up and mean it. Uh, I don't necessarily know if the Falcons offensively, uh, especially at the skill positions right now, can necessarily say that and uh, be able to follow through on it.
2: And one of the interesting things about the Falcons, you know, their, their rushing attack is, what, third in the NFL right now. But you don't have a single running back or, or rusher, or Count Mariota, in there, too, that is more than 500 yards rushing. I mean, that that's. I mean, you talk about back by committee. I mean, is this. Uh, Is this this kind of like they ride the hot hand? Is there a rotation? How's it work for them?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say that probably it's a little bit more of the latter than the Mm -hmm. former. Um, You know, I mean, where you've know you been able to see these last few weeks that kind of Tyler Algier has stepped into that spot. But, I mean, there still is very much a rotation. I mean, I think that the best way I could probably describe it would be that you start with Algier, you sprinkle in Caleb Huntley and also too. Uh, Cordero Patterson obviously is still a huge part, uh, in terms of what he's able to do. I mean, although he had a pretty crucial fumble, which good for him, he was able to put it behind him pretty quickly and have that record, uh, breaking uh, kickoff return, uh, in uh, Sunday's game against Chicago. Uh, but you know, it kind of is, you know, almost like a pitching rotation, if that makes any sense, where you start, uh, kind of the bullpen game, if you will, with, uh, Algier and then uh, go with uh, those two other guys. And then usually to close it out, uh, they go back to Algier. Uh, So that's kind of uh, what uh, Arthur Smith has been rocking so far uh, to this point in the season. And it's hard to argue with the results because uh, you already beat the Vegas total in terms of the wins for the season, uh, which I think is a huge uh, tip of the cap to what uh, Arthur Smith has been able to get out of this team uh, from a talent perspective.
2: Dan Matthews with us, uh, 680 The Fan in Atlanta, talking Falcons via the BetQL guest outline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Here on Burgundy Gold today, Scott Jackson with you. You know, you mentioned that there's not a lot of, of you know, this talent on the roster and the skill position in particular, and I, I would agree with you looking at it, and, and but then it blows me away that this team is just on the outside of the top ten in scoring. I mean – uh, and I know you know they had a couple down weeks with the loss to the or the Chargers rather and the Panthers, but how has this team been able to put up points when, when they have had those good weeks of offense?
3: Uh, I mean, I think that probably it's just making the most of their opportunities. I mean, you've had probably a little bit more of an advantageous defense than people expected. Uh, equally as frustrating as not necessarily been able to get a physical attack up front uh, in order to be able to set up a good running attack for the uh, Falcons over the last few years it's been the lack of pass rush and being able to put meaningful pressure on opposing quarterbacks. While Fields was able to have a pretty decent amount of time to throw on, on Sunday, uh, you still were able to get to him, I believe four was the total that uh, the Falcons had in that game. Uh, so that was something that uh, has been a, a nice little jump from year one to year two with the uh, DPs. So I think that that probably has been what's been able to get them going. And then also, too, I mean, just, you know, I think that Arthur Smith, he he looks at this offense and says, all right, do I necessarily have not only the weapons but the quarterback that can make a meaningful downfield passing attack happen? The answer to both of those is no. So I think he says to himself, we're going to stick with this plan, and whether it is banging our head against a brick wall, we're going to go with this, and hopefully we break through. So I think it is a little bit more of a wish than a prayer in terms of consistent offensive attack, but, I mean, in terms of commitment to it, um, you can't argue that they have definitely uh, stayed uh, with uh, what they feel like is their strength uh, for uh, all of this season.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I know they got gashed, was it the Falcons game? They had the big like the sorry, the the Bengals game uh week 7, right? Where the Bengals had like 530 plus yards or whatever it was, but and I know the numbers overall aren't great. What is it? Like total defense is 30th or whatever, but do you feel like this defense though is is improving or is good enough to give them opportunities to win? Because obviously, much like the commanders, they're right hovering around that 500. And in your case, you actually have a division you could still, you know, chase down the the leader in.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for them during that time period was you had a banged up A.J. Terrell. You've been missing Eric Harris as well. Um, You know, I know that uh, Taquan Graham, who has been a a really nice uh, part of that defensive line, uh, just went down with a knee injury, as you know a matter of fact, it, you know, if you said who the torn MCL was, maybe even worse, and going to miss a significant amount of time, uh, I would have thought it was Graham. I was at that game on Saturday and right. or uh, excuse me on Sunday, and uh, he got carted off, whereas uh, you had uh, Pitts get up and jog off the field. I was just thinking that maybe it was a dead leg or something with Pitts that uh, yeah. he took a nice little helmet right to the thigh, so it was like he'll be out a couple of plays. And then as the game went on, you just kept watching and kept watching, looking through the binoculars, and you're like, there's no number eight out there. So, mm-hmm. it, it again, you know, it's it, it's a very limited team, and they were going to be limited heading into this season with, you know, just um, the numbers that they were going to have at certain spots. They were going to be a little stronger at certain spots. They weren't going to be as strong as uh, at, at others. Uh, but when you're already kind of playing with one hand behind your back with uh, the salary cap concerns, that they have uh, being locked up and guys that aren't even here uh, as well. is probably even more frustrating uh, with uh, what you're uh, still uh, having to pay on Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Uh, it's, uh, it's, again, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And look, you know, there's no perfect team, but um, you know, it, the the biggest thing and we're going to talk about it today on our show here in Atlanta is if you're a Falcons fan and you're necessarily having any spoiled concerns about, well, they don't do this right. They don't do that right. I think the thing to be thankful for to the season, right, is you're playing meaningful games in late November. If you <laughs> told me that in August and July with this team and this roster, I'd have thought you were drunk already.
2: <laughs> uh, Dan Matthews with a 680 the fan in Atlanta. All right, one final one for you. Since you're not Arthur Smith, I can ask you this and you, and you, don't, you can't be mad. Uh, will there be a point, is there a point, you know, in terms of record or where the season's gone, that they would turn to Ritter and just to, to see what they have in year one?
3: I would sure hope so, and I know that that's not necessarily the greatest sports radio answer. But <laughs> all right. you know, yeah. it, it, what what he said though was really pretty telling, and and I think that probably it does give the answer. Is he was asked about it uh, the first press conference he had uh, coming off the uh, Thursday night game? So I guess it was last Monday, and his point was we're in a playoff push. So sure. I think while we are still in this quote unquote playoff push, you're going to continue to see Marcus Mariota run out there. And then I think that, you know, Arthur Smith looks at it and says, hey, look, if we didn't necessarily get a great look at Desmond Ritter, um, you know, if we decide that, you know, going first-round quarterback this next year and we're in a good spot to add somebody that can possibly be a franchise guy, then I'm sorry, Desmond Ritter, tough break. You know, maybe you can have a chance in the preseason to earn that spot. Uh, But, you know, I think that as long as they are still pushing towards the NFC South, because here's the other thing as well, and, you know, the the thing that uh, is always talked about around here, and it's going to continue to be talked about as long as the Atlanta area guy does well up in Chicago in Justin Fields, is taking Kyle Pitts over going with Justin Fields. I think that it all came down with with Arthur Smith, where he said, "I'm not in the business of wanting to wipe noses. Like I'm in the business of wanting to make sure that my quarterback knows as much of my offense as possible and can and can execute what we want to do in this offense." You know, and that would really kind of lead you to believe that he's not a huge fan of bringing along and developing a rookie young quarterback on the fly, uh, as as opposed to a veteran who maybe, you know, the ceiling is not as high, sure. um, you know, with, with, with said player and, and giving them a chance. So I think that was the key word. I think if you see them drop, you know, three of these next four or something like that, and they're kind of falling uh, way out of the playoff race, then maybe you will uh, in that final month of the season start to see Desmond Ritter.
2: All right. Hey, Dan, thanks a lot. Appreciate your insights, man. Have a good day.
3: Absolutely, guys. You all have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk soon.
2: All right, you as well. Thank you, Dan Matthews, 680 The Fan at Atlanta. Give some insights on the uh, Falcons and where they are right now. But, again, it's weird. I mean, some of the, the new, some of the things that you've seen from this team, uh, and he points at the roster deficiencies – are interesting, and, and certainly Cordarrell Patterson is somebody the commanders and Joey Sly, in particular, as the kickoff guy, and hopefully you get to kick off a lot, uh, needs to be very well aware of. You know, I would hope to think this is one of those weekends where you're booming it out of the end zone and not even messing around with him returning the ball. Uh, in this game, especially in a sloppy field. All right, coming up, final hour, straight ahead here, Burgundy Gold today. We'll talk uh, about the Giants and their setback on Sunday with Dave Rothenberg from uh, ESPN in New York, and whether or not they can turn it around and, let's be honest, make some of us non-Cowboy fans very happy on Thanksgiving Day. Nothing better than seeing Dallas lose on Thanksgiving. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but, you know, I could be talked into it. I'm going to be rooting for it. We'll get to that straight ahead, and then, of course, we'll be rooting against the Giants two of the next three weeks. Uh, when we continue here, it is Burgundy Gold today, Team 980 streaming live on the free Odyssey app.